Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hobo Thing, a podcast. My name is Crystal Sedino, and I am the training and development specialist for the Native Learning Center. Well, one of them. I'm thrilled that you guys can join us today, and I hope you guys are being safe and staying home if your state is telling you to stay home <laughs> during this COVID-19 pandemic. So with me today, I have two very special guests. Hello, this is Wilma Noah. I'm also the training and development specialist at the Native Learning Center. I'm glad you can join us today. And with us, we have our special guest speaker. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, Ron Sheffield. I am an adjunct professor at, of leadership at Christopher Newport University in Newport News, Virginia and also a business owner. I've owned a business for, gosh, many years, a corporation in the last seven years. And I'm also a uh, board member on the American Indigenous Business Leaders. Thank you, Ron. We really do appreciate you coming in and doing a podcast with us. <laughs> You're definitely yeah. one of our favorites. So thank you. I was wondering how long it was going to take you to reach out. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, listeners. You're having to hear a lot of the years of me bothering these ladies. <laughs> All right. So today's topic is Native American Entrepreneurs Research to Reality Q&A. Uh, I believe Ron wrote a book and we're actually going to be doing a training in October. And for those who aren't familiar you know, with Ron or the Native Learning Center and the work that we do, we host a lot of trainings at our facility in Hollywood, Florida. And Ron's done quite a few of them on leadership. As he mentioned, you know, that's his area of expertise, <laughs> if you will. So we're having one in October and Ron's going to be instructing it. Ron, why don't you go ahead and kind of just talk a little bit about that? Fantastic. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you, Wilma. To, to keep it pretty succinct, I think the most important part of this entire discussion is that I am a tribal member. I'm son of Fort Yuma, Arizona. Uh, we're a Kumeyaay tribe. For those of you who might not be aware, that means we've got uh, at least 12,000 years in the same general location. So that's that's pretty cool. And what we decided to do, um, I had a co-author. Uh, his name is uh, Dr. Mark Munoz. And we put together, um, we were going to, we started this conversation off trying to figure out how to write a book on Native American entrepreneurs. And what we found was over time, uh, as we just continued the conversation, that we were able to actually get an IRB research study put together. For those of you who might not be aware of that, it's Institutional Research Board. Uh, every university has an IRB, and what they do is allow research coming out of that university to be vetted and approved, uh, and then those are considered IRB approved. It basically means that you follow the proper rigor and you follow the rules of, of research and keep everybody safe. So from that, we kind of went forward. And for those of you who might not be aware, Native folks, Indigenous people, especially in North America, we do a really good job at hiding. We do a really good job at not connecting when we don't want to. So what uh, Dr. Munoz uh, had <laughs> expressed early on in our discussions was, he said, Ron, I've emailed a lot of Native people and nobody's responding back to me. And uh, I just kind of, you know, of course, chuckled and said, hey, well, I'm not surprised at all. Luckily for me, I've been able to connect with a tremendous amount of Indigenous people across the country uh, over the years. I very quickly was able to get a pretty good data set to work from of business owners, actual tribal members across the country who are who are also business owners 
or at least have been at some point in their life. And from there, uh, we went forward and we used a structured set of 15 questions. And uh, essentially, I went out and connected with all 20 people. And what we found were pretty cool, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a few minutes, but um, essentially reached out to, to these tribal members and connected incredibly well and, and got their responses to these um, questions on entrepreneurship. And that was kind of the, the synthesis of how we started this and kind of move forward. Um, awesome. Uh, so Ron, why don't you go through like what, how do Native American entrepreneurs think? Uh, great question. Great question, Wilma. Um, so I, I don't know that we, we, we can synthesize necessarily how they think, but I can certainly talk to a few of the things that we found, if that's okay. One of the things that we found that was I thought was incredibly interesting, but not shocking at all, was that across the board, a thread that ran through the research was that Native people, the Native people that we interviewed, had a common theme of really looking back on their mom. They really looked back when we asked the question, you know, what prompted you or what guided you to becoming an entrepreneur of some sort? A lot of people, a lot of people uh, of the 20 we talked to brought up the word mom or mother quite a bit. And there were other family members involved, but a huge amount fell back on um, kind of the, the family, but especially toward their mom. And uh, several of the, I think, significant findings in our research were the ones that were the most, I guess, we were, I was most connected to being a tribal member myself and my mom having meant so much to me. What I, what I watched happen was, is I would read these, well, first hear the responses at times or read them. I noted that when people did refer back to their, their mother, it was amazing. Uh, there was actually an emotional connection when they talked about having a business and their mom. And typically that was from having watched their mom work so hard and tirelessly at times and do whatever it took to get to be done. I fall back on my own mother uh, and think about one of her first jobs right off of our reservation in uh, Fort Yuma. One of her first jobs was um, she was a cleaning lady at a hotel. And uh, she, I remember her telling me when I was about 10 years old, she was telling me this and that was beginning to sink in. And uh, the most significant part of that for me uh, was that she told me, she said, that job does not look hard when you're at a hotel, but it is very hard when you're doing the work. She said, don't ever forget that. And I never did. So from that moment when I was able to start going to a hotel, you know, for work or travel with my family, I've never not left some kind of tip because I've, I've, I've just, I can't, I can't, my wife just it took her years to realize why it was such a big deal for me because I had to tell her. And, and I tell that story because many of the, the, the research points that I pulled out having to do with why did you become an entrepreneur or what drove you? A lot of them, what, what Mark and I found was that a lot of them were related to their mom. So I, I thought that was significant and um, definitely a, a possibly a cultural finding. The interesting part about this research was that no one had ever done it. This research that Mark Munoz and I did was the very first research on Native American entrepreneurs in a qualitative format where we went out and asked these questions. So it, it, the findings were, they're incredible because they've never been done. And uh, for those of us in Indian country, we'll find quite frequently that a lot of the literature that's out, a lot of it has not been done around Native people for two reasons, right? One, because as I mentioned earlier, Native people... Right. We, we, we have a, it's an art form for us to dodge you. It's an, we can feel proud of you. And two, and two, it's also, 
um, we are incredibly, incredibly cautious as a culture uh, who we connect with at any real level. Mm-hmm. It's, it's absolutely a, a thread that runs through so much of Indian country. So I'll, I'll take a breath. Did, did, did that help or, or should I belabor that a little more? No, that's oh, yeah. actually not. I believe it's 100% spot on on both pieces, like with the entrepreneurial and the mother being in that, because I could say that would happen with me as well. The fact that we like to dodge people in, you know, like, like even the census back in the day when, yeah. you know, it wasn't filled out, you know, they would come knock on your door and we hid from them. I didn't know before. I was so young. So yeah, I totally get it. Can I talk? That's fantastic. Well, with the, the census, so I've been married for 31 years, by the way, I still, I repeat my, I'm only 27. So how could I possibly have been married for 31 years? <laughs> well, I'm kidding. Of course. So the cool part about this is, is I remember, I remember so many years that we would, we would dodge the census at all costs. So it used to only be, for those of you who are young, maybe listening, it, the census used to come, you know, somebody would show up at your door and we would intentionally not answer the door. And I remember my mom, it was, a, it was, it was a cool thing for her, but she later explained it to me. And one day I remember asking her, I was probably again around 10, 11, 12. And I said, mom, why do we, why do we dot? First of all, what is the census? <laughs> and I remember uh-huh. saying, why are you dodging that person with a clipboard? And she looked at me and she said, does anybody really need to know what you're doing? Really? <laughs> and I remember that. So, so fast forward, I get married and uh, we married at the ripe old age of 19. And uh, when we get married, I remember getting the, the, the mail with the census in it and I would throw it away. So for years, I, I just kept throwing this away and it, and it had all these warnings on the top of right federal law, blah, blah, blah. And I kept, I would giggle every time I threw it away. I'm like, okay, come get me. Cause this is stupid. And <laughs> I just kept throwing it away. And even today, so the census just came, this thing came not too long ago, right? Mail. I literally ran it through the shredder. Okay. I'm not 27. I know better. I run it through the shredder and my wife is like, did you just shred the census? And I said, yep. <laughs> so she because it's now it's online too, right? She lo- she logs on and uh, <laughs> fills it out for us, so I don't go to prison. But uh, <laughs> luckily, the, the ladies around me have been taking care of me for a long time. But yeah, well, I absolutely remember it vividly. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, I've had many times where I've emailed someone with an Indian country and do not receive a response. <laughs> So that statement is 110% accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Ron, uh, what else can you tell us about the research and whatnot? Because you sent us something earlier before the podcast and I'm seeing, you know, like entrepreneur one, two, three, four, and so on and so forth. So what can you tell us about all that? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Crystal. I, I think uh, just as a, a kind of a synthesis discussion with the listeners, I was able to connect with 20 tribal members across the country. Um, literally a little more than half were male. So of that 20, 11 were male and nine were female. First of all, that's fantastic. If you just think about that all by itself is that I was almost able to get 50-50 of male-female entrepreneurs in across the entire country with multiple tribes, that all by itself is fantastic. And it speaks a lot to what's happening within Indian country. And that is that survival is, is still key, right? It's still the number one point. And, and, I, and in some cases across the country uh, and across the globe, indigenous people are, 
are trying to grow even beyond sustain being just sustaining. So that was pretty cool. I also found that the, the data that we captured, so the the largest challenge that, that I found, there were two there were two that Mark and I kind of went through together and uh, as a team, uh, and and we ended up finding that there were two significant challenges that kept popping up that entrepreneurial um, native people would come back with. There were two. One was self-doubt. Self-doubt was by far the largest finding that we had for challenges. Not believing in yourself was was absolutely the, the, the common theme among the entire um, set of research and what we found and read and made connections with. And the second one was was just financing. And that should, shouldn't shock anyone, right? So the financing piece of this is, is unfortunately still a commonplace challenge with tribal people. Um, many tribes across the country live in places that we don't talk about, we don't bring to the forefront until something happens like our current coronavirus issue and COVID-19 right. uh, challenges. You know, I, I read this, not, I'm sure you guys did too, but I read this a few few days ago online and it said someone was shocked by the fact that um, the Navajo tribe, you know, 30% of the tribe didn't have running water. And I'm, I'm thinking, wow, you're, you're shocked by this. People are reading this in shock and it, right. you know what I mean? And it, and it just kind of floored me yep. that, that was, that it would shock anyone because. Right. Right. That, right. In our, in our, in our discussions, right. In, in our conversations as an Indian country, this is normal. This is normal. Mm-hmm. We're, right. We're, we're fighting to get beyond that. Right. Absolutely. And it's unfortunate, right? Like, isn't it like they're shocked? (laughs) Like, how about we step outside of our bubble (laughs) for just a few minutes (laughs) and discover some things and whatnot? That's right. That's exactly right. I think um, a little bit more uh, beyond the challenges, one of the things that, that we also, that I found, and I remember pulling this out of the research pretty clearly was, role models. So everyone has a role model, right? Every, at least you think they do. And um, mm-hmm. one of the findings that were pretty significant with this was there was a common thread of, of running through all of this research that of the entrepreneurs we spoke to, there aren't a lot of role models, if any. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty tough because um, I think right. with, with many cultures, there has to be a handful of people somewhere who, who, you know, younger people can look up to, to say, Hey, I would like to be, you know, like that. Or I would like to maybe build my life in a little bit of that fashion and a little bit of that way to be successful. And the unfortunate part is, is that especially with at least the uh, indigenous culture is that there's so much poverty. Uh, there's a, in 2015, the government of course put out 46% of children on reservations live below the poverty line, 46%. Half of the children, almost half of the children on all reservations are currently living below the poverty line. So basic food and basic clothing are not being met. And again, back to that earlier comment, I'm always shocked when people are shocked by that. But one of the reasons why I do things like this and go across the country to speak and talk is because um, we have to keep this conversation going. Mm-hmm. Right. Ron, you mentioned that finance and self-doubt were challenges that they faced. How did they overcome those challenges? That's a great question. So what we found was, and I'm synthesizing here to, to be a look to, to be a little bit general, although I know you're not supposed to generalize this. Uh, it's hard not to. What we found was that to overcome self-doubt and fi- the self-doubt part first, 
there was at least one other person somewhere that that indigenous person could connect to, at least one. And, and the, the connection wasn't always strong. Sometimes the connection, it sounded as though or read as though it was a little weak, but at least it was there. And it was enough of a connection to, so that that person had some place to lean to get better. And a little bit of a, a divot, and then I'll come back. Second largest cause of death for indigenous people is suicide especially between the ages of 13 and I believe it is uh, 19. Uh, girls being the largest portion of that right now is, is unbelievable. It's two and a half times the national average. It's, it's really, really, really hard. The reason I bring that up is because if that connection with one other person is weak or not there, who do you go to when you need help? Right. And, yeah. and unfortunately, as I'm sure everyone who happens to be um, indigenous listening or not, um, but especially with the indigenous listening, uh, suicide is a common discussion in our homes now. It is a common discussion, unfortunately. And that right. connection, right. Is, that weakened connection, is it creates that self-doubt. But it can also, on a positive note, if you can make it past that point, um, it can help you to build your and become have less self-doubt. Financing the same way. I think that wholeheartedly there's, there's, there's a, a large education movement an Indian country going on and has been for a few years that's that's trying desperately to get Native parents to say that it's okay for their children to learn something beyond their reservation. And not that it's bad or wrong to learn something, but to learn something in addition to the things beyond the reservation. And that conversation also helps with additional education so they can find financing. Okay. And the name of your book? Native American Entrepreneurs like me it's incredibly simple to the point nothing fancy about it native american entrepreneurs uh, co-authored with uh, dr mark munoz it's incredible it was published by um business expert press out of new york the small uh, publishing company out of new york but they do primarily business books so we built this as a research study specifically so that it could be used in colleges uh, as well as be picked up by anyone who wants to learn about the, some of the challenges and some of the um, points that Native American entrepreneurs have to overcome. Great job. Yep. Um, well, okay, why don't we close this out with some advice? <laughs> Ron, any advice that you have for our listeners? Yeah, I think um, I'll ramble for a minute, but uh, I think the takeaway would be, and this is probably most important, and I'll mention it again in a minute, every year, uh, not every year, that's 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 all wrong right off the bat. So as often as possible, <laughs> as often as possible, I try very hard to, to make at least one trip to Hollywood, Florida, to bother these ladies on the phone, plus to bother Georgette, the rest of the team at the Native Learning Center. And uh, this year, uh, and on October 5th through the 8th, I'm coming down to Hollywood to give a, about a four-day uh, session on Native American entrepreneurs where, where we're going to bring in, I'm going to try to bring people in to help me, and we're going to literally take your ideas and try to turn them, in, help you turn them into reality, um, form a, a simple business plan, show you how to do that without you know belaboring the point and build a little bit of a marketing idea. And then the hardest part, is figuring out what to do in your locality. How do I apply for a business? How do I, you know, what do I do and how do I keep myself motivated to keep going? So that's going to be probably the, I think the most important part of my advice giving uh, to kind of take this a little further. Um, right. I think for raw advice, I'd say 
for me, now is a prime time for Native people to be looking around and watching what's happening. Right now during this virus, um, businesses have largely shut down. Many of them have just absolutely stopped. So there's two ways to handle that. You can either A, say to yourself that, you know, this is bad, I expected it, and you just move on about your day. Or if you're an entrepreneur and want to succeed, look for ways right now in this time to give back to the community and at the same time, build your own business, move it forward. There are so many opportunities out there right now that are just shining and shining in people at people because there's so many things kind of falling to the wayside now. I think it's these times that we go through, like right now, when you really begin to think and remember what's important about your life. Uh, and it's it's life, right? It's, it's the life of your family and friends and the people that um, you care about around you. So largest advice would be to look around. And um, I know, I know there is not a single culture on this land, on this dirt that we move around on right now. There's not a single culture, not one, other than indigenous people who know what survival actually looks like, not one. So we corner the market on that. And I think that we really need to take advantage of that. We really need to reach out and think, just take a deep breath and think what's happening right now that I can build my life from, from wherever you are. If you're 14 years old or if you're you know, 74 years old, age has nothing to do with this. This is how can I structure myself to move forward tomorrow and be a little bit better off than I was yesterday. Perfect. That's beautiful, Ron. Thank you. <laughs> That's very inspiring. <laughs> I like that. Well, great. we're looking forward to your visit. That, again, is October 5th through the 8th at here at the Hollywood Native Learning Center. And come on down and join us. Yes. And Ron, if anyone wants to get in touch with you for I'm not anything, really, how would they do that? Uh, great question. So I'll give you two things, my phone number and my email address. Phone number is 757-879-8872. 757-879-8872. And my email is ronsheffield at gmail.com. R-O-N-S-H-E-F-F-I-E-L-D at gmail.com wonderful thank you so much ron for sitting in with us and chatting about all the upcoming and awesome things that we have going on glad to be here everyone the best yes and you're the congratulations best. congratulations again on your grandbaby and to your wife and a family thank yeah. you thank you thank you i'm very happy we're, we're, we're looking forward to going to seeing her pretty soon we're really thrilled awesome awesome <laughs> All right, guys, so we're closing out. Um, if you need to get a hold of Wilma or myself, feel free to email us. It's going to be crystalsedino at semtribe.com. So K-R-Y-S-T-A-L-C-E-D-E-N-O at S-E-M-Tribe.com. And you can reach me at Wilma Noah. That's W-I-L-M-A-N-O-A-H at semtribe.com. Both of these ladies awesome. where you put queen in front of that. So when you type them, make sure you write the word queen. Well, my queen. they'll respond a lot quicker if you do that. If you don't, it'll be a few days. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ron's always busting our chops, man. Always fun with you, Ron. Yeah, it is. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, same we here. Same. Having around. Yes, definitely. 
everyone take care and we will catch you on the next podcast. Yes. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.